And Ross. <laughs> Grandma Ross is here. <laughs> oh my god, Grandma Ross. Uh, tell me about this bottomless pit. Not the chuddle. Chuddle. This movie sounds awful. I'm sorry, guys. Surprise. Whoa. Touching butts. Kinky. Creepypasta. Please. Doina. Can't say Teddy Spaghetti three times or else. Don't mention his name. Pasticle. A Ouija version of the stranger. Oh, that's fantastic. Hey. hey. Out of the mist and into the fog, it's Chuddle the Pod. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Chuddle the Pod, where three best friends take a look at the curious world around us. And what do I mean by the curious world around us? Well, we like to take a look into movies, music, mystery, and history, dabbling in the gruesome, ghoulish, grisly, and gnarly, and almost always touching the world of the macabre. On today's episode, we get Lucy again, and in yeah. a, a whole different way. Super loose. This was <laughs> from the hip, basically. Yeah. Because uh, we were originally going to do a normal episode. Oh, sure. Yeah. And then one of our co-occupants... Um, decided that they needed to deliver a baby, and yeah. uh, <laughs> not not their own. That's not their own. That's the weirdest part. We <laughs> yeah. were expecting, yeah, we were expecting a a, a chuddleette or uh, but a uh, it's yeah. He went to a Home Depot, which is very weird. He, yeah, he he said he got some like a uh, strange text message came in, and he was like, "I gotta go deliver this kid." We got a picture of it. It was um like just a tiny little boy and. That's yeah. not what his child is supposed to be, right? <laughs> no, not even close. He kind of looked like a ravioli. It makes right? sense because wasn't it M. Spaghetti that sent the text? Ooh, ooh, oh shit! Do you think he <laughs> oh, got lured no. away? But, but I mean, I guess as long as I've known Sam, he has been one that has been lured away to go deliver babies <laughs> in parking lots of hotels. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a constant okay. thing of him. So while Sam's away it. from the episode, we're going to have a, we kind of scrambled together to bring you something. Sam and I were going to kind of do a, a, a tag team and not necessarily something similar, but we we're going to go into the world of, I guess, holes. <laughs> and uh, yes. meanwhile, he's off, he's off being a uh, new father to his uh, found Home Depot child. Because I assume he's, he's taking yes. it home with him. Perfect. I would assume so. I think that's part of the contract. Right, right, exactly. And uh, we're just going to hang out here so that other beautiful voice that you hear chiming in is our lovely co-occupant, Ross. Follow him at oh, Channel hey, the Ross, hey. Instagram and Slasher. How you doing? You know, uh, doing better. Um, I mm -hmm. definitely, I feel like I sound better because uh, when we met up a few days ago, um, I, oh, yeah. a striking resemblance to the pimpled face teen from The Simpsons. Like the, uh, <laughs> it was, yes, it was a lot. It was alarming. Yeah. Um, so yeah, now that the B Arthur goblin has gotten out of my voice box, mm -hmm. uh, I feel, I feel a lot better. I was oh, really, perfect. I was really, I was genuinely nervous about recording because I was sure. there like, it's Brian and Gollum. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it wasn't going to be a big concern. We were really going to be like, okay, you can rest your voice. Sam and I, you know, are going to lead this episode, but now it's going to be heavy on me. But I got something that's going to be fun. Uh, thanks for oh, having dude, me I'm here. I'm really excited. As yeah. Well. How are uh, you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. Uh, you can go ahead and fuddle me. Fuddle me. You can fuddle me. Fuddle. You can shuttle me. You can fuddle them hard. Fuddle. Is that, that's how you follow a chuddler. You fuddle them. 
right? Yeah. Okay. And yes. And then you'll be befuddled. And then you'll be befuddled. So uh, fuddle me at Chuddle the Brian with a... Why? Because fuck it on Instagram and Slasher. I'm doing good. I mean, I think all of us got hit with being sick these past couple weeks. So we've been all on this weird turnaround and things are just getting weird getting back into the swing of things but that that that's what's going <laughs> yeah. on here i don't think anything interesting otherwise has happened i mean my wife and i i don't know if i've mentioned this before we've been really into going around and looking at street art and new york city is a great place to do that of course yeah so <laughs> we've been getting really into that that's been a lot of fun where are the uh the hot pockets where where are those the where are those pockets? cheese covered hot pockets of new york for street art where have you been creeping oh i was like what are you talking no i haven't found any hot pockets yet oh um lower east side <laughs> lower east side is definitely fun and brooklyn's uh-huh. got a lot of good stuff there's um particular artist i'm fond of that just doodles I don't want to say doodles, draws pictures. Sometimes it's quick ones. Sometimes it's, you know, more intricate mm. pictures of muffins. Ooh. And that would be the muffin is it, man. Wait, hold on. I was <laughs> going to say, is the muffin, do you know the muffin man? Oh, oh, 100%. So that one's fun. I follow them on Instagram too, and they've done some cool collabs. It, it's neat to see what the street art community is, like the local one. And then like these other artists that come in because it's fucking New York. So they want to do something cool yeah. in New York City. But uh, just like the collabs that some of these people do. So it's like I've, I've we followed, you know, and you can follow them all on Instagram. And they're all pretty interactive on Instagram too and everything. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like a couple artists you like collab on like some piece that goes up on, you know, a construction wall, stays up there for a week. And if you weren't out then, there, you missed it because they painted over again. But yeah, it's oh pretty. It's, yeah, that's awesome. It's interesting. It's replaced. Uh, we think of it as replacing Pokemon Go. So it's like maybe there's <laughs> maybe there's like an app out there. You like we, we maybe I need to bleep this out, but we build an app where you can you know like go and take pictures of like street art and it like tags it or something, and you can collect street art like Pokemon. Oh my god! <laughs> yes. Right, to be totally honest with you, having an app in real time where it's kind of like, um, how do they do? Oh, like Waze. Like there's so many users that mm, are chiming mm-hmm. in and setting in stuff, but it's a street art app for that. So right. the second something pops up, people alert others of it, how mm-hmm. long it's been and when they get dismantled. That is a really good idea and we should not put that in the recording. <laughs> I don't know. I think that it's might like be, I, don't, halfway... I mean, or it might be funnier to try to, yeah. Maybe we'll, ble- to it. We'll, we'll bleep part of it out and we'll just say this. Hey, uh, app designers, get at us. We got to we'll, we'll, we'll cut you in. We got a good we have one. An idea. <laughs> yeah, because that was um, Chuttle the app. Good. <laughs> Chuttle the app. Oh, God. For some yes. reason, it's called that. <laughs> yeah. For street art. For no well, reason. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to rebrand it. So uh, thank you all very much for joining us here at Chuttle the pod. That is us on Instagram and Slasher. Go ahead. Follow us there and uh interact we would love it we'll interact with you hit us up we're not doing anything i mean yeah two out of three of us don't have two children (laughs) 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 one is freshly born and just out of the parking lot of home depot so thank you for joining us um we're gonna go ahead we'll take a break and then we're gonna jump into our main segment one that was supposed to be a nice little short fun uh venture into a bottomless pit 
that has turned into what it has turned into. Uh, I, yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm really I dove curious. down that pit, <laughs> let's say. Yeah, I was like, you have been like beating around the bush on what this is, <laughs> and I'm just getting more and more intrigued because you've never been this cryptic about something you've been about to show us before. So I'm, uh, yeah, my ears perked. I'm excited. And it, and I'll say it now, it comes from, I got this recommendation from one of our, well, someone who is a friend of me on Slasher. I put out the call oh, really? on Slasher for some people to start recommending local urban legends. Um, so if Ooh. you hit me up there, give me recommendations. And I'm not going to call them out because I don't know if they want me to call out their name or anything uh, yes. specifically. But thank you to that person if they actually listen to this and anyone else give us those suggestions. So, okay, let's go take a break. And then mm. come right back and get it, get into, get into it. Uh, I'm a fan, uh, a listener of Chuddle the Pod. I love listening to Ryan and Pam and Sloth. They really just nail all the spooky stuff, man. Like they nail it to the wall with a three inch nail. So, you know, it's deep enough that it's not going to, you know, rip, get, you know, fall down or something, whatever. When I need my horror fix or just some crazy account from history, I just download the newest episode of Shuttle the Pod and by golly do I get high. It also helps that I shoot up before press and play. What can I say? I'm a junkie in more ways than one. Multitasking is still sought after skill. Thanks guys. Can't wait for that check. Uh, I owe several people a lot of money. I really want to keep all of my fingers, so... Everyone listen to Chud of the Pod! This was a paid testimonial courtesy of Chud of the Pod. And we're back. Thank you very much to our kind listener for those lovely words of encouragement and praise. Uh, which leads me to, hey, listeners, we're going to try something new. If you want to totally. <laughs> send us an audio recording, send it over to uh, chuddlethepod at gmail.com. We'll throw it in there in our little in-betweeners. Yeah, yeah give us your testimonial or how you just do or it. Something. Or something. Or something. I'm really curious about the or somethings we're about to get. I hope so. And we did not discuss this with Sam, so I don't know how on board he is with this option. But He's going to be gonna, so mad. <laughs> I hope we could just throw it in there and surprise him. So as we said before the break, we're going to jump into our main story and our only story, really, for the night. And that will be a creepypasta from yours truly. In February of 1997, Coast to Coast AM host... Art Bell receives a fax from a resident of Washington State with the name of Mel Waters. The fax reads, Dear Art, I'm writing to you to see if I could get some help from you or your vast listening audience. I live in rural eastern Washington near the Manistash Ridge. On our property, there is a hole. So it's time to close your eyes and open your mind as we dive into Mel's Hole. So this fax goes on to say um, a lot of things, which um, then get cleared up in the first phone call. So to give a little bit of backstory on the phone call, uh, kind of everything. So Art Bell is the host of a radio AM show called Coast to Coast okay. AM that deals mm -hmm. in 
all things paranormal, conspiracy theories. It was on from like 12 to 5 in the morning, like ridiculous hours of the night. Okay. Yeah. Like across like the graveyard coast. shift stuff. Highly syndicated, um, would have people call in, uh, talk about all sorts of stuff. Uh, uh, constantly he had guests on. Um, I think in in the time of recording these episodes or whenever they re-released, like it kept giving me um, ads like, and be sure to listen tomorrow night for author Dean Koontz. So, like, <laughs> so, so he had a range of people on here okay. and yeah. he's a, a fantastic looking person. And I wish I had known more about this. This is right up my alley. Like yeah. the, the, when, the, when I listened to this and listened to everything it was, it was beautiful. And you're going to hear clips from the show throughout this kind of story here and everything. And I have a little clip to play in the beginning of pretty much the first phone call with Mel. So art receives this fax that starts off how I read it to you of talking yeah. about this, this, this hole and art's first phone call kind of, they, they really get into it. So instead of really reading what the, the, the fax said, we'll just kind of talk about the first phone call. This takes place on February 21st, 1997 another funny thing about listening to this was just the talk about mm -hmm. like the technology that they were talking about <laughs> using to figure out yeah. things here and it came through as a fax it was a fax was the first was sent <laughs> not, not even like an, email, an email like none of that so dude that's so awesome so art is the one to call mel waters Well, all right. Uh, now to Eastern Washington. I guess this is Eastern Washington. Mel, are you there? Yes, I am. Uh, first of all, Mel, thank you for answering. What are you doing up at this time of the morning? Well, after I sent the facts, I'm uh, I'm living in town here now because uh, we had a couple of our buildings out there cave in after the big snows that we had out here last month. Oh yes. And so. Uh, <clears throat> There, there, thereby goes some of the uh, construction debris into the hole. So, uh, all right. Uh, when uh, did you discover this hole? Well, the hole, the hole has always been there. We've been out there for a couple of years now, and uh, you know, the hole has been there since we've been there. It's been there since the previous owner was there, and the previous owner there was quite elderly, and I, I'd say he was there for a good 30, 40 years before we moved in. Wow. And then, uh, and so there's been a thing of throwing stuff down this hole for a long, oh, yeah, long it's, time. Oh, yeah, it's been, it's been going on, you know, as, as, for as long as the hole has been there, I assume. When nobody knows that, I guess. All right, uh, how do you pronounce the name of your town, Manastash? Uh, oh, Manastash. Manastash, right. oh, that's yeah. right. Thank you. Uh, and uh, actually, I'm in, uh, uh, right now, I'm in a little town called Ellensburg. Oh, I know Ellensburg. All right. uh, you must know about a rodeo here then. Oh, sure. Okay. Well, so uh, yeah, we've been there for several years, and you know, we we just take all you know, we take all of our uh, trash, rubbish, anything we have that we have to get rid of, we take it, throw it in the hole. Everyone's throwing their stuff in the hole. The people from around there throw all the stuff in the hole. I mean, it's just been going on for a long time. Well, you know, I you know, I got this thinking one day: How come this hole is not filling up? It must be an awfully deep hole. That's a good thing to consider, sure, as you throw stuff in it for decades, literally. And so, you know, I used to be a, uh, uh, well, I would say pretty close to a professional shark fisherman. So I had a couple of huge uh, uh, fishing reels, went out there and uh, started <laughs> letting the line down. I figure after one... Uh, Did you wait the line? 
Oh yeah, there, there's, there's. In fact, the original line is still down there. I have just been adding to the line and keeping track of how much line I have used. So there you go. <clears throat> That's okay. kind of our introduction to to Mel Waters. So, so this is just a public dumping hole that yes. has been going on for generations. And that is, the that's yeah. wild. I like the fact that it took like seventy years until the guy who owned the house goes, "Why the hell is this hole filling up?" Everybody keeps on throwing their stuff in there, right? And and it's like it seems to be this small community because, like, if you look at this place on the map, it is, I mean, almost as close to like dead center of like the state of Washington as you can get, kind of. Yeah, but. It, not much around there and so it's supposed to be a real small community living around this and only not that many people know about the hole he kind of talks about a few but yes it's always been like this kind of dumping ground people it it was just known as the place you go and throw away your trash he goes on to um talk about in this first (laughs) phone call yeah yeah yeah. go on please all uh, literally all uh, okay so the idea of all right so growing two things growing <laughs> up there was a certain part of we lived on a two acre farm mm-hmm. there was a certain part of the property my my parents like literally forbade us from going to a certain section of the yard and more importantly never to mow a certain part of the yard which was like the <laughs> upper right hand corner of the property right and like we never questioned it because uh-huh. we we're like oh well that's just weird. I'm assuming they didn't want us getting hit by car because it was right by the road. So okay. I was like, okay, I'm assuming like not get, get hit by cars or whatever. So before we move out, this is my childhood home. I asked them, I was like, hey, quick question. Why, like, what's up with this part of the property? Like, uh-huh. you didn't want us to get hit by whatever. They said, oh, funny story. Um, there <laughs> used to be a huge, like, not like Olympic size swimming pool, but very close to that the original builders built in like the twenties that like broke or like the, the foundation of it snapped. So like it just purged all of its water. So then they just filled it with trash for like years. <laughs> and then they decided like, well, we can't have this huge dump heap. So they just put loose dirt on top of it. And my dad was like, I honestly had a fear that you would be on a the sit mower and drive into the pool area and just fall into like, 80 year old just rubbish and that i was like that oh dude that to this day scared the shit out of me because like hey being like oh my god i could have like at any point i could have been like fuck you dad and be like i'm gonna go over the weird patch of grass you don't want me to go there and then just gets just dumped into a giant hole full of like an empty swimming pool hole full of trash garbage pit full of trash yeah that's the totally oh that would have been terrible <laughs> fucking horrifying and then okay so the first thing i think of when you keep on dumping shit into a hole and mm-hmm. it's not filling up is that they have purged the aquifer underneath and they've just been putting raw like just trash sure. and a bunch of stuff into their drinking water for, for like decades so that's why mel mel's a curious man and he's yeah. like i want to know more about this hole and you heard him talk about wanting to be or was a uh, fisherman shark fisherman so yeah he talks about this he, as he cl- doesn't as old- close to a professional as you can get Right. He gets uh, his some of his fishing line, and I think it's about 1,500 uh, feet of line at this point that he does. And what he does is takes a – he waits that, and on the end of it puts some Lifesavers candy, 
It's an old fisherman's trick. He says that a lot. Okay. Um, and basically what he's doing is dropping it down and 1,500 feet and then going to let it sit for a little bit and pull it back up. And if the candy comes up with it, that means it wasn't in water because if it was in water, it would have been like dissolved. So what oh, he was testing for smart. was okay. if it was going down into water. Into the Exactly. Whoa, okay. So, yeah, exactly. You want to try to poke holes in this uh hole <laughs> <laughs> no but it is it's but again like that's if then i'm 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 enthralled right now so yeah. He, yeah our 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 phone call goes on and the thing i like about art is that he's very inquisitive and very just kind of like well oh sure and then kind of we'll just straight up ask a question you and um you know you're 100 telling me the truth right now and then just like go on and believe him about whatever he says. Yeah. But then like ask another like it's 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 very interesting and there's this I don't know it felt like a fun endearing quality. Mel fe- feels like this um yeah this just curious dude who has some property and no, a has hole. a hole that they just throw a bunch of garbage into. Um, I think I don't know if he said in that the previous owner lived there 30 to 40 years and he was always aware of the hole yes he's only lived there for about two or three years and i don't think at this point he was saying he was living at the the property anymore uh he does explain that there's like shelters that he had but like the recent snowstorm made him cave in so he was living elsewhere but uh after he sent his first fax to art he went out to the hole and added some, you know, more line and this, or I don't know if he added line at this point, but uh, check out the hole. He likes to, you know, check out his hole. <laughs> yeah. Check um, out his hole. Hey, check this hole out. So what he had been doing at this point. So, okay. We had his initial drop down to 1500 feet, roll that up. Nothing out of the ordinary, I guess. Yeah. So what he had been doing at this point was taking giant rolls of 20 pound fishing line and slowly okay. lowering it down just rolls at a time uh he put like a one pound triangular lead weight to lower in the Mm -hmm. hole better description of the hole um to get into that just uh you know for the mind's eye is about nine yes how big is this hole oh it's gaping (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, go on It's about nine, I, I believe he says about 9.6 uh, feet in diameter or so. So it's okay. pretty big. Um, yeah. And all along the edge of it is kind of like a uh, stone working, raised up a couple feet off the ground, almost looking kind of like a, a well would. Like a well? Like an old okay. stone yeah. well. And then that goes down into the hole a little bit and then it kind of turns i think into natural earth rock and dirt but relatively okay. smooth going down as far as you uh he describes as far as you can see but eventually it gets too dark to see anything mm-hmm. so what he had started doing is lowering this fishing line slower not slower lower and lower down into the the pit and he would keep adding more line. Once he ran out of that line, he would tie on some more and keep lowering it down and down. And he claims at the time of talking with uh, Art that he was able mm-hmm. to lower it to 80,000 feet and still hasn't touched the bottom. 80,000 80, feet. 
feet. That's uh, what is they, the they, average? They... What is the average f- uh, feet per roll of fishing line? So the fishing line. He goes on to explain the fishing line that he was getting was from like a fishing shop or a bait shop, and was literally buying it from like these giant spools they had, and was just giant oh, buying these okay. spools. So I think he said they were spools of five hundred or five thousand yards spools so okay exactly and then he would run out of a spool are you you about to do the math (laughs) i'm trying to do the math on this so it's fifteen thousand feet per roll okay and he's (laughs) basically (sighs) over 15 miles so like is what it's saying 80,000 feet is over 15 miles is what he's claiming has been able to just keep adding onto this line and it's still just going down and accepting more which is surprisingly if i did my math right which is probably wrong (laughs) 5.3 spools of these huge industrial 15,000 feet rule rolls right. going all the way down. Oh right, my right. god. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> it yeah. Uh I think at this point they start to take uh except callers. So callers are calling in and and you know okay. weighing in their opinion cuz Mel is calling in and he's like the reason or no, Mel didn't call in. Art calls Mel and the reason Mel's willing to talk about it, he says, is because he's just curious at this point and he knows of yeah. Art's show and wants to know what other viewers would think of whatever is happening here About he just Mel's seems hole. to be like well this is crazy it's just a really bottomless pit and i just keep putting stuff in you know we've been putting trash he um talks about that they put a uh they threw <laughs> they f- threw a refrigerator down there one time because he would get they would try to throw shit to try to hear a noise they couldn't ever hear noises yeah coming out okay it wouldn't echo as well like if you yelled into it you wouldn't get any sort of echo from it animals were scared to go around it he had a dog that he would try to bring near and the dog would just put the brakes on yeah i would be scared to go around if i realized there was a there was a bottomless pit my fear of falling and fear of heights exponential thank god Uh that it has like a a stone barrier around it right because i would i would just move like even the 0.01 percent that i accidentally (laughs) like be tying my shoes and fall into a bottomless (laughs) pit would be enough for me just (sighs) be enough for me to sell the property are you kidding me that's fucking nuts he does say that they he puts a like uh he has a, i think he says a steel door or something he puts something over the top yeah. of it to you know stop i guess random falling ends to the the pit okay yeah dogs won't go near it and he so then he starts trying to tell a little bit more about the lore and stuff that he has heard about it so he's like this isn't okay. a first-hand recollection this is something i heard this this could be an apocryphal story, but one guy claims that he threw his uh, departed canine down into the hole. Oh, really? And uh, he swear. Well, the story is the guy that did it swears the the dog actually came back to him, and uh, he was a really. Hunter. He was a hunt. Apparently, the story is that he was a hunter, and he was out there hunting, hunting, and he saw the same dog. He had the same collar. He had the same little uh, what is a little metal thing on his collar there. And uh, he said it was the same dog. And he says he knew he threw the dog into the hole. But that, that's, that's not, you know, that's not my dog. <laughs> that's not my... It's you not know. your story, but it's it's uh, a story of a resurrected dog. Yeah. <laughs> so this is like a so this is like a bottomless pit version of Pet cemetery. It just Something, comes... I, right? <laughs> don't throw your dead animals in the hole. The hole's sour. At this point, 
or around this point, I think is when we learn something pretty fun is that if um, Mel dies, he wants to be thrown down the well. <laughs> Get out of here. I mean, I he, guess, honestly, like, that would he's be He's like, why not? He's thing. like, that'd be fun. And it's still, it's all in this kind of fun jest where it's all, it seems so not, not necessarily plausible. I know Sam would be kind of be like, psh, all over <laughs> bottomless yeah, pit that's whatever. stupid and you're like it's totally real but like <laughs> he um they they take some calls in callers are like you know the deepest trenches you know from mariana's trench you know and that's only thirty six thousand feet deep uh like mining they try to be like mining is only sixteen thousand. i remember one of the callers says i just looked up in the encyclopedia the current oh like biggest depth someone has done so i was like that just even blasted me back to you know it's it's such an age internet was around but it wasn't like yeah you had to be like look at the encyclopedia (laughs) oh totally it was not yeah i mean like it was in its infancy at this point yeah but uh so they get some callers coming in some being like yeah this is kind of bs some start positing the theory that like even even though you think you're still like actually, you know, not touching Dropping the ground it, of anything, yeah. Yeah. maybe you've hit it at 15,000 feet. And now at that point, the weight of everything down there is naturally yeah. pulling the the line. So it feels like it's taut. So it feels like it's still. Oh, know, that makes it. Yeah. Like being pulled down, but not actually. Uh, I don't know going down into the bottomless pit so people are kind of pulling that up and and he's like you know i i don't know they they bring up the idea maybe we could test the weight of the line because people are like well if you got eighty thousand feet of line down there what is the weight of that line and you said it was 20 pound line so the line would probably snap people are bringing up the thoughts that you know if you're going that far down doesn't it get hotter as you go down into the earth so that line yeah. would melt that lead would melt any of that kind of all all these situations w- would come arise and mel was just kind of like you know i really don't know much about that all i know is i got my fishing line going down in the hole and it seems like it's going down about eighty thousand feet <laughs> you, like okay so would you would you immediately shit your pants or just run to the hills could you imagine putting a fishing line in a bottomless thing and then getting a tug yeah right right i think someone i don't remember if it's this call Uh, or a different call somebody brings that up like well if you got like a tug on it it would be like i'd run away yeah he also does say and i don't remember if art asks him and like leads him on when they talk about like being thrown in after he's dead (laughs) but also (laughs) would he jump into it if he was terminally ill and mel said he would do that as well (laughs) like (laughs) oh good i believe they also had a caller call it and be like look man I'll go into the hole. I'll go. You just got to get me in a cage and just lower me in there. I'll do it. <laughs> and it seemed like totally serious about it. And it was like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go into this hole. Where are you calling from, sir? Um, I'm in Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. All right. Yeah. You mentioned earlier um, that um, you uh, would like somebody to be lowered down into the hole. That's right. I, I would be willing to do that. See, there you go, sir. A volunteer. Done. I love that. <laughs> Art. Then, like, kind of suggests that Mel rent out his property to the government as a joke for, like, to, a free place to dump, like, dangerous materials and stuff. Just like, oh, you can just dump all shit. that. Yeah, it's bottomless pit. Who knows what the fuck's down there? I think he also, or, uh, Mel also says they would uh, throw deceased, like, cows and stuff, but never mentions of any stories of cows coming back to life. Yeah. 
Mal also mentions that he really enjoyed throwing TV tubes down the hole, and Art warns him that uh, he could get in trouble for that. <laughs> and that's kind of I, <laughs> that's I think essentially also, the like, first call. Yeah, I wonder if do anyone bring up the just is there any odor coming from? Because you would figure if it's eighty thousand feet, wouldn't there be like natural gases that would be coming emitting from it, or like I don't know, a hundred years of garbage? Well, but I guess it, if it's, well, if it's, it's a bottomless pit. You know, it's not. Now, I I, I don't know if I mentioned this before. I listened to all about six hours of these phone calls and interviews all kind of at once. So my memories of which call is what is bleeding together. People do bring up like, you know, a few different things about the whole throughout this. Um, Ultimately, it seems like it doesn't smell. There's no mention, I believe, of odor ever really coming from it. Okay. No echo, no sound coming from it. At one point, there are people that talk about, um, and Mel claims he has never seen it, but a few people have seen what he they only can describe as a black light coming from the well and shooting straight up that you could oh see God. from like far away. Did they? Okay. So I don't know. You may be aware of this. Maybe not. Is this the new TV show that it, that Josh Brolin has on, I think it's Amazon? Have oh, you heard about this show? I haven't. I've seen like uh, maybe like a poster it's or a something gu- from it. It's a guy in like Wyoming or uh-huh. Montana that finds a giant hole on his property that has like, and it gives him an existential crisis because like it. It just is a black hole. Like it's oh. like, <laughs> maybe that's the inspiration for it. I was like, you could adapt this into a pretty interesting story. I think they did. I think they did in this show. <laughs> well, I'll tell you how this story goes, and then maybe yeah. we'll watch and that maybe and see if it, it lines up. That's actually a good point. We'll look at this hole, and then we'll look at the <laughs> other hole, uh-huh. and then we'll bring our holes together, and then we'll see which how the holes fit in we'll each other. We'll compare holes. Look at the we'll holes. We'll compare holes, yeah. yeah. Dive into each hole and really get in there and figure yeah. out what's going on. Yeah, we'll figure out the whole thing. Second call happens only a couple days later, February 24th. Remember, 1997, we're still in. Okay. Mel explains that he visited the property the next day after the first call to take measurements. He wanted to, like, weigh the line and everything, like they were talking yeah. about, to see how much, you know, weight is being pulled on it. Uh, he does mention that he noticed uh, helicopters flying around and over the property on both the day he was there and also Friday and Saturday. So, oh. Yeah. This is when the story starts, you know, take, like you'll hear a bunch of this. The first and second call are kind of the two biggest calls. And then there's a series of calls after that, diving more into it. But like when you really look up the story of like Mel's Hole, you're hearing about these first two calls. And it's still it's, it's okay. fun, you know, interesting, yeah. like and, and getting into it. And I guess I don't know, explaining why or why not things can happen. So he notices this and. They're, you know, going back and forth. And he explains after he's going shopping in town for a little bit, he goes to stop by the property, but notices that there's military personnel and vehicles blocking the drive up to his land. So he goes (laughs) up to one of them. Yeah, the government, the the G-man is coming in and armed soldiers advise him. What you doing with my hole? (laughs) Well, they say, uh. He can't even get like near the the, the actual location of the hole because this is all still kind of like out in the middle of nowhere. It, he's kind of being yeah. blocked off at an access point or an access road, and this is the he was told that there was a plane crash 
on the property. But and he's like, but I didn't see any smoke. I didn't see smell any smoke. He's like, you know, if there's a plane crash, you kind of know there was going to be a plane. There was a plane crash. You can tell there's a plane crash. You know, it was a beautiful day yeah. out. You would have seen something. And a lot of the, I guess this is going to be. It's not necessarily condensed down. Uh, a lot of the phone calls are just saying no. They answered the questions and asked the same questions a lot of the time and hurts, you know, asking, you know, this is the truth, right? You know, and then we'll go into and and kind of tell them just elaborate and go crazy theories and be like, oh, I don't know about that. But eh, you never know. That's what I like yeah. about. I feel like Art Bell is like, ah, that sounds like ridiculous and crazy and probably but not the truth. But eh, you never know. <laughs> Type of things. <laughs> he was well, very that, he knows like, how, He knows how to engage with his audience. Uh-huh. Exactly. And in such a way that was that was that was really fun. So Mel identifies himself. He's like, I'm the owner. This is my land. I should should be, you know, able to go onto my land. And then he says that a man in civilian clothes comes over and tells him that he's not allowed. <laughs> like, uh, no, we got this plane situation going on. And then this is when Mel says that he felt that he got threatened by him. And the guy said that, you know, we could find um you know, we could find a drug lab on here real quick if you don't cooperate. So you're telling me that a guy in a Hawaiian shirt and Birkenstocks walks up to Mel and basically tells him the fuck It's 100% what I imagine. It's <laughs> 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 like, uh, you know, we can find a drug. Hold on, so, drugs. So this, so this is when it gets uh, interesting. God, I hope it's in this call. Mel goes on to say... Well, I do have a trailer that is my lab on the property <laughs> where I do some, ex- I don't know if he says experiments, but, uh, you know, studies and stuff. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what, are you, what? What are you studying? So about? he is into natural meth. remedies. <laughs> right. He's into no. meth. Eventually, Ark is like, you're not, it's not illegal drugs, right? It's not meth. And he's like, no, it's not meth. It's, it's, it's natural, uh, like. Native American remedies and herbal plants that, you know, have been around and have cured certain diseases and all this kind of shit that he's doing research into. That's what I was thinking, too. But I think he does say it's not that as well. But um, it's weed. You're in Washington, dude. Like you're in like there's no. Yeah, (laughs) no, that's you. Okay, when he calls and I think later on, he's about 68. So he's in his late 60s or something. He, He claims he's like, I believe. He's retired at this point. That's about his the age of this person, uh, yeah. Mel. Yeah. So the the guys are our are, are Hawaiian shirt government plain clothes man says you know we can find a, a you know a drug lab on here real quick or whatever. So Mel kind of I guess got scared away by that. But then he also okay. it says that they kind of hit him with like the salty and the sweet, the good and the bad. They threatened him, but then they also gave him an offer maybe that he couldn't refuse. And he says that like his realtor contacted him. It was like, I got an offer for your property if you want to are interested in that. And that's kind of where he was um, at. At this point, he had recently. Out. Okay. Yeah, he had recently gotten an offer on something or, you know, and just told to stay the hell away from everything. And so that's why he kind of comes back onto the show. And I think at this point, too, Art's kind of like, oh, I'm sorry I put you on the air. I feel like, you know, the correlation would be oh, you were on the, the show government. and now this is happening to you. And, and yes. you know, because I guess they say that Mel call that Mel and Art maybe talked earlier in the day or something or, or earlier the night before and 
Mel was a little bit more panicked, but had calmed down at this point. So again, we get some phone calls coming All right. in. All right, look, yeah. let's bring some people on. East sure. of the Rockies, you're on the air with Mel. Hello, where are you? Yeah, this is Philip in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Hello, Philip. How are you doing? Great. Love your show. Thank you. Uh, Mel, what type of work do you do for a living? Uh-huh. Well, I'm a retired person. I, uh, I get no, no criminal a... record of any kind. Pardon me? No criminal record or anything? Uh, no, no, no criminal record. I'd, I'd find a lawyer and get a local group of citizens and press and militia, and that's uh, a good reason why we need the militias in this country is to prevent this type of situation from happening. The government coming in, taking over your property, threatening your life. You know, I would I would call their bluff. I don't I, I don't see how they can. Well, that's easy to say. You know, from a distance, I'm not sure I'd call their bluff. I, I've got to be honest. Uh, it, look, if you had a property, sir, and you're trying to get on it, and they had it all roped off, and they said, go away, you know, we could I, I would come back with a gun. Well. And, and they, they well, haul in a bunch of Then trailers. you know what you'd be? You'd be a yeah. dead martyr. You'd take a gun up to a military <laughs> no, I'd have the press with me, and, I mean, I would not go at this alone. Oh, I see. Uh, you know, but to, they're not going to drag in a bunch of uh, military trailers to, to examine a drug lab. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, that's just not I agree. logical. I know? agree with you. I agree with you. So they're obviously after the secret of the whole. And you'll hear that those phone calls will say like, uh, well, like there's a lot of militant, like I believe one of the guys is like, well, this is why we need militias. <laughs> whoa, whoa, <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> and you know, a lot of people are like, you know, you just, I would go there with a bunch of people, we'd get our guns, and we'd tell the government to get the hell off the land, and, and Mel's like, well, get you know, out I really don't want to go start a war with the government. Yeah, yeah, right. We're going to get our militia, we're going to get in there and say, get out of our holes. Uh-huh. A lot of other people brought up, like, bring the media with you. Art was on the idea of just, like, getting a bunch of media to come out there. Yeah, because that's when, like, journalism was journalism. Right. You know, like when it actually Yeah, it was still yeah. You had you actually had <laughs> weight that if you brought the media with you that it would like expose Me truths. Expose the yeah. truth. Exactly. He was still reluctant to all this and just like his his thought process he's like, I'm still thinking over a lot of stuff because you know, he's like, Yeah, okay, I bring the media out there and oh no, they found a meth lab on my property. Like, I don't want to be going yeah. to jail or be disappeared because of that. He's like, it's weed. I got it's this weed. thing coming in. Yeah, right. I got this thing it's coming weed. in with my realtor. Who knows? Blah, blah, blah. And and I like the arts. Like, yeah, you got a lot of armchair militia out there trying to, like, come in. But, like, yeah, don't listen to them. Like, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Of course, oh, they'd be like, yeah, get your gun and go out and get it. Can you imagine, like, a battle of the whole? Like, literally just, like, a bunch of, like army guys hanging out and then a fucking redneck militia just starts mm -hmm. opening fire oh guys guys falling into the hole guys like clawing they're trying to claw their way out of the hole thank god you this is I mean? pre uh the movie 300 or you'd have one asshole out there doing this is sparta oh, into, the stomping hole. <laughs> into the hole yeah oh my god uh, so yeah they're, they're getting a lot of phone calls about do this do that and mel's just like i really don't know what to do. I think this is a phone call where he talks about people talk about that black beam coming out of the hole. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. He also talks to an older man at this point. So he starts trying to like, I guess, ask people like the, the people who know about the hole that have been around. Yeah. This old man, he says, describes the hole as once having 
stone columns around it. He says similar to Stonehenge, but not with like the the top stone that would go oh, over so the just columns. Pillars so just okay, pillars yeah. is yeah is what is described as what was one point the the hole was like I guess. There's another hole mentioned in Washington, but briefly mentioned, but never really elaborated on. But then Art suggests again to use the power of media to challenge the authority of those at the property. But he's still, eh, I don't know. <laughs> like I I feel yeah weird about going against the government i mean they're already there there's large machinery there's like buildings being moved into the property like small like mobile units all this stuff he describes as seeing he's like they got control of it and they'll keep it obviously like even if i go in and he's like what media would even believe me and want to come out there and do this i believe a caller asks if ufos have been around too <laughs> so oh okay. so we, I mean, got, we got you we got UF- yeah exactly uh, and the answer was yeah nothing that he noticed nothing see that's so man that's that's a really weird spot to be in Mm -hmm. is that the government's kicked you off of your own property they're now building construction sites on it Mm -hmm. and then you get like at that point would you i mean would you honestly you'd probably take the money like if the realtor's like hey someone's offering this much money for it because either way you're never getting that property back right and i think he's also said at this point too it's he has a wife she works at a university and art has brought up like the thought of like why haven't you brought out researchers or asked people at the university about it and he's like well none of them like she's mentioned it to people there that i've i've put eighty thousand feet of fishing line down and they're just kind of like oh that's crazy and don't think much of it so like th- th- there's an excuse for every little thing here but uh yeah <laughs> mel uh but then he kind of they, they end it with i got he's got to figure out what he's gonna do next at this point yeah the next call the third call comes april 24th 2000 three years later is the next time that we hear wow. from mel waters Art's, you know, surprised and <laughs> almost seems to forget a lot of the details of the story. So they, they go over a lot of the details again, bringing up, you know, the the, yeah. the dogs are scared of it. I believe he mentions birds won't sit around on like the stone edge of it at all. No animals come around it or fly over it. Uh, all, all, all the things we have talked about so far. Yeah. Now he starts talking about his ex-wife owning the property <laughs> so I, he's not with his wife anymore what? yeah he starts talking about ex-wife and i believe it was in the last call he briefly mentions uh like what he would do if he got bought out i think and he and he mentions moving away to australia so interesting they do so the whole guy between him and his wife so three years pass they start talking and art's like yeah he he sent me emails from australia he was indeed in australia and it, it seems like uh mel took the the deal that was, you know, too good to be true <laughs> or whatever. Got the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah, got, got, the, got the hell out of there. What it was, he, he eventually goes on to explain. So a lot of things start coming up here. He mentions, they start talking about the hole again. In his words, he explains a Mexican man used to dump thousands of tires into the hole, like, weekly or monthly like so it's like some people on the outside like the hole was being i guess leased out (laughs) or he or this guy just knew of it and he had a business of collecting old tires and just knew of this hole that he could throw it into like he said like this perfect so again more and more junk constantly down this thing he goes on and talking about just like 
the weird things around the hole where he was talks about in Ellensburg, Washington, that there's this tree with a whale's jawbone embedded in, into it. Like just like all this weird shit that goes on <laughs> around in here. He's yeah. like, they're like, yeah, that's crazy. That's not near water. They talk about shining a flashlight down the hole. He's like, yeah, I mean, I shined it so far, but really couldn't see much. Yeah. And they continue about this, talking about the strange place. And then finally, you know, Art is able to get out of Mel like, what was the deal and what the hell have you been doing for the past three years? Like what the hell's been going on? Yeah. You and your hole, this is a big deal. So after initially being threatened, Mel took the generous offer and it was to, they were the government or whatever it was. It presumably it was the government mm-hmm. is going to lease the land from him for essentially forever. Indefinitely. Yeah. Yeah. 250 thousand dollars a month and would relocate him what? to australia as part of the deal <laughs> yeah so this this motherfucker gets paid two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month and they moved his ass to australia three million dollars we gotta, start, year. Looking, we gotta yeah. start looking for holes dude. <laughs> right what yeah go you need to go back to jersey and find that fucking garbage dump of a hole find see if it goes fu- any further yeah. oh my god <laughs> yeah so he explains like yeah they arranged my trip for me and it was kind of like i had to meet him at a rest stop he's like i had two dogs they arranged that for them to just get over there didn't have to go through quarantine i was able to bring over some of my plants for my research uh, <laughs> weed. oh it's, good yeah, yeah, yeah. weed it's weed it's weed it was all the weed and then he explains while he's over that there that he actually helped to bring back the wombat because he he started a wombat research what? facility in or around Perth, Australia and put yeah, a, yeah and helped with I, I think some of his plant medicines I don't he got a bunch of wombats high maybe and it helped him come back. <laughs> he smokes out a bunch of wombats. They get horny enough to multiply and then he saves a species. He ends it by saying he saved a species. <laughs> yeah, this is our third call. Yeah, so three years have, have gone by. He's done that. And then but but Art's still like, but what what where are you now? Because he goes on to say like You've you've called me. You told me that you're financially in trouble again. You're not doing well. What what happened? What is going on? What happened to all this money? And well, yeah. So he comes back from Australia and just smoked it all, and decides that he he wants to come back from Australia, see some family, and just be back in the states for whatever reason. Uh, while he's visiting family, he's helping a nephew move, and he had to take a bus at one point to get back to where he was and that day he was actually supposed to go on coast to coast and do a, a f- just another interview and be like this is what i've been up to yeah but what actually happened is that either he got into an argument or some people got into an argument on the bus which caused it to have to be like pulled off and you know transit police or something come on and investigate what was happening and he says that yeah as he was talking to the transit police he was like telling them he's like yeah i'll tell you everything that happened but i just need to get back to back home tonight i'm doing this radio thing or whatever and he says that's the last thing that he remembers and the next thing that he notices is that it's 12 days later and he's waking up in an alley in san francisco missing his back teeth missing a belt buckle of his to some homeless people waking him up 
singing on the road again because this is where we find out that mel looks a lot like willie nelson apparently (laughs) so get out of here Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Now you're back here, not I'm well back, off. I'm what? back here, and as, 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 as you recall, uh, I was to make an appearance on the show, I believe. Yeah, that's, I, that's right. You sent me a uh, use. Right. We, we, I told you I was going to be in town. We got in touch, and I actually talked to you here from the States. I, I was, promoted. I, I yeah. said, I, Mel's got hold of me. He's in the States. He's going to come on the show. And then, of course, you were a no-show. Well, I'm going I'm to I'm going to relate to you the chain chain of events that occurred. Please, from the day that I was supposed to appear on the show, right? As much as I can remember, and bring it up to date till now. All right. Okay. On the day that uh, I was going to be on the show, I uh, helped my nephew move from his apartment. Right. We got him a place down in uh, the Olympia area. Right. And so, you know, we moved him down there and all of that. And uh, uh, we got him down here, and then I was going to uh, basically, uh, we had to return the truck back to uh, the Tacoma area. So we got him all settled here. I got uh, up to Tacoma, returned the truck, and I was going to take the bus down to Olympia. Just take the transit. There's a bus that runs from Tacoma to Olympia. So right. I got on the bus and I'm riding down there. And. I got uh, on the bus, and there was uh, an altercation on the bus. There was fighting. There was commotion going on. Uh, anyway, we pulled into the, uh, and some of you listeners might actually remember this, but we, uh, we, if they were on the bus, or they might have heard of it. But we pulled into the five hall parking ride, and uh, uh, some apparent transit people got on the bus, and they wanted to ask questions about. Uh, uh, what happened on the bus? Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, I got off the bus and I said I'd talk to these guys here, but I have to get them back, I have to get back to Olympia here because they're going to do all of this here. And, uh, uh, and so they said, that's no problem. We're going to, you know, we'll, you know, we've got the uh, transit bus here. We'll just take you back to Olympia. Mm-hmm. And I says, okay. And that's the last thing I remember. The last thing you remember? About uh, what do you mean? Was it about twelve days later? I found myself in San Francisco. Somebody hit you. Did what did you give you? I have you a no name? idea. At that point, I found myself in San Francisco, in a pretty rough part of town, in an alley. These bums were basically trying to wake me up. Holy mackerel! They were trying to get me to sing. I remember this. Uh, they were trying to get me to sing on the road again because I sort of looked like Willie Nelson. <laughs> and uh, you, Mel, you know, are you sure? This is exactly what happened. And you lost how many days? Twelve days. From an altercation on a bus. That's. I was. I was. I was told that they wanted to talk to me about it, and they were willing to uh, take me back to Olympia. From there, so you know, I got onto the uh, little little transit van. That's the last thing I remember. So twelve days gone, when you uh, God knows what were knocked out or kept in some kind of coma or when, when I when I woke up there, you know, I, I had nothing on me, I had no identification, I had no wallet, I had no keys. 
I had the clothes I had when I, you know, moving. They were still as grubby and filthy as, you know, after you get after you move, you get all grubby and filthy. Yeah. I was in my clothes. I oriented myself down there. I looked around. I noticed there was pain in my arm. I rolled up my sleeve. It looked like uh, I'm looking at my my elbow now. Here it looked like uh, what would you say? Uh, an IV was taped to my skin. Yeah. There was still the residue of tape oh, on my man. arms. Yeah, I understand. Uh, I So, obviously, and, somebody kept you out for 12 days for some and, reason. And it, and I, you listened to the first part of your show, and, you know, you're talking about teeth. Yeah. All of my back teeth have been removed. What? I have no back teeth. You have no back teeth? None. You don't mean like... Uh, no molars. No wisdom You're not talking teeth. about wisdom teeth. You're talking about... None. No back teeth. Not on top, why not on hell? bottom. Why would they take your teeth I out? have no idea, Art. So that's why Mel wasn't original, didn't call in when he was supposed to. Like There was a promo that went out on the, the radio show that was like, we're going to have Mel Waters on. So then he starts thinking that because the promo went out, is why all of a sudden he's lost 12 days and waking up without his back teeth in an alley. So <laughs> so we go from like government agency to men in black like that. This dude he's just had a hole <laughs> that he was just putting fishing line down three years go by. He's homeless. He's missing teeth. He's literally on the – oh, no, I guess he's on the same coast. He's just in California now. Yeah. But that's like he's two states. He's two states away. He's like that's mm-hmm. wild. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> he mentions this fuck? belt buckle that was taken from him. It wasn't the one he was wearing, but it was one that he had because he had the, it was custom made. He made it, and apparently he was in you know make, he called it like folk American folk art like belt buckles. So there are all these you know. It was weed. It was weed. It was a weed, bro. It's like a <laughs> it, it's like a you know like a business card like those metal business card holders right. that pop open. His belt buckle just held ten joints. That's why he got dumped off in San Francisco. Someone smelt weed and then took his belt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's all weed related. After the, his, after returning from his twelve-day absence of who knows where the hell he, what happened, he found out that he finds that his ex-wife is taking legal action against him due to a violation of a lease agreement that they had. So, I think that she technically owned the land that the hole was on, but like in some sort of agreement he was taking care of it. I don't, it sounded, it was all wishy-washy yeah. with that part of it, but that's, I think his way of explaining a way that, you know, that's why I don't have the money. I'm not getting the money anymore, but art keeps being like, but what about all the money that you did get? Like what happened to, you know, $250,000 yeah. a month are you getting? And he's like, well, I, I put a lot of that back into the wombat research basically is what he kind of explains it as, and putting it into his research. He dumps, I mean, good on him for saving a species, but like you, you save like mm-hmm. 50000 a year for, or, you know, or month on yourself. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> it's, you win some, you lose some, I guess. You know, you give a little and it, it, they take it all okay, away this from is, you. This took a this took a wild ass turn. So he, he talks about like all these the plants that he had used. And he talks about plants that he had brought over with him from Australia. And he brought some plants that he had gathered that were near the hole and the incredible, he noticed they had better healing powers and in some of his research that he was doing and that they were even 
used as something that he did that he was able to cure a couple men that had like AIDS full blown were like in hospice as he describes and gave them this like uh, his some of his medicine. And that's what he really wishes that he could have been talking about this whole time is his research and his medicine, not the whole, but the whole. Ended oh, up being my more interesting. God. So. So the whole cured AIDS. I mean, th- th- his his medicines and his research, but with maybe by the help whole. of by the power of the whole. Yeah. By the power of the whole. Mm-hmm. He cured AIDS. Yeah. He also. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> He also wow. says that he. I'm fi- sorry. I'm trying to wrap my head around this at this yeah, point. Yeah. Oh, just you just gotta let it flow through you because there's no wrapping in your head around yeah. it. He at also any of this yeah, at this right? point. Okay. Yeah. 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 He says that he also found like he was digging around on the property and he had found a gun, like an old German P38 gun, like. Okay. That now I don't know if they were shooting it or I don't know. He, he describes that it. it it was completely silent in its operation. Like it had all these mysterious qualities to it. Like if you tried to shoot it and you could shoot it, it, but it would be silent. And he says that he gave that to someone to have. And cause he's like, I don't know much about guns. This is a weird gun here. You got to take the gun. Oh, take, please take my magic gun, my magic silent gun. And he also says that like on the, the, oh my God. the, what year is this? Nah, this is at this point, 2000. Oh, okay. I was yeah. going to say, and he just gave it to the guy who shot John Lennon. <laughs> right. Yeah. He explains he's still looking. He's tra- At this point, he says that he's like, I'm trying to look for like a couple of people that I know that have connections to the hole and get their take on a couple things. And he's like getting a little bit more interested in that type of stuff. And that's where I believe the, the episode of Coast to Coast ends. And that ends our third call with Mr. Mel Waters. Wow. That went fucking off the rails. Fourth call comes in. January 29th, <laughs> 2002. Two more years go by. Two more point. years. Two years. So Mel Waters still swears on the, It's funny. The story starts uh, with Art being like, hey, Mel, do you have a do you have a Bible? Are you a religious man? He's like, hey. He's like, do you have a Bible near you? He's like, yeah, I could get a Bible. He's like, oh, I'll go get a Bible. I'll wait. And then, and then he gets a Bible. He's like, put your hand on that Bible. And can you swear on that Bible right now that this story is 100% true? He's, he's like, oh, yeah, I swear on it, blah, yeah, blah, blah. They, they, he tries to dig in a little bit more to what happened to all his money. So he's explaining what happened to all the money. He's like, yeah, a lot of that went into the Wombat Rescue Research. And eventually that was dismantled. Staff was fired, lost all that. Uh, all the money in his account, he said, was gone. So I don't know if he meant... It was taken out or if it just, you know, was used up at any point. And he had no longer claims to the property. I don't think he had even been out to the property in a very long time. This is when he starts to explain a little bit more about his belt buckles and the one that he was taking and why he was kind of like, you know, upset about this. It was one that he made. And he explains that another thing that he had found while his time at the hole, while he was digging around was... What he described as a Chinese lucky money envelope. I don't know if you've ever seen that before, but it's this little envelope, I guess, that you would give that would have money in it. Oh, that like opens. Yeah. Yeah. And he says that he finds one of those and but inside of it are um, 10 dimes in there. So he makes 10 belt buckles out of forks and dimes and makes some weird little things. 
and as American <laughs> folk art or whatever. Yeah, it sounds like I can oh totally see these belt buckles existing. Yes. And then what he says is that they are 1943 Roosevelt dimes minted in a town that starts with B. There's a B on the the coin, which is not okay. a town. It's not that's not wouldn't exist on a coin. Uh, no such dimes mm-hmm. like this exist. So this whole call again is explaining a, a lot of the backstory of the whole. Then we get into these dimes, and then he says the Treasury Department comes in and confiscates one of the dimes, and. We start getting into a little bit more of like he goes into there's a website called Terra Server. You could think of this as a very early Google Maps, uh, not Google okay. Maps, Google Earth satellite views okay. of certain yeah. things. So people have talked about this and he mentions that someone mentioned to him, if you go onto the Terra Server and look at the kind of area around his property and the surrounding area it's completely redacted as they say it's whited out it's It's almost it's almost like yeah you could like clip it out in paint grab it and just delete that section there's a white box there around this whole area he he describes it as like you know it's a couple miles of a radius more or less and his hole and property is somewhere within that so that's yeah that's that's been taken out by this and then I think within the audience or within the episode, the audience <laughs> kind of like shuts down the Terra servers servers by visiting the web. The, the website couldn't handle like everyone in the audience going to it because oh the, the show explodes. was getting like, I mean, 10 Traction. million listeners. I mean, it's a very popular show. Wow. Like, yeah, yeah. He had a very yeah. like he had like a very popular like show and it was a huge, huge audience. So. They, they they got the server shut down, but they did send over like a picture of what it looked like, and it was I guess apparently re, you know whited out or whatever. Uh, yeah. It wouldn't really show anything. There's a lot of talk about truckers and Mel's love for truckers and his time spent riding around <laughs> with truckers. <laughs> God, I love truckers. And they truckers love him because at first he looks like Willie, Willie Nelson, but then he Will says, Nelson, well, yeah. I'm Mel Waters, and most truckers know who he is and love him. Because they listen to him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of talk about that. So he learns about a lot of stuff going on that – there was at one point near the hole a lot of like fiber optic cables were brought in one day and oh, wow. by i think he said a bunch of people from what he thought was Israel but he's always talking kind of like this is something that i heard from someone else these are people telling me stories yeah. now about the hole so all these kind of more governmenty type conspiracies i think it might be during this point they're like well I don't know which government it was, you know, he's like, I never really thought about that before, but I don't really know who it was that was buying me out and making all this shit happen. But uh, he still claims it was, and it's all true. Mel then was invited by some, I think he said Native Americans to come to Nevada to discuss his plant research. <laughs> so Interesting. We go into some plant research. He's really about his plant research. So he's, so he's doing, state to state drug deals <laughs> and art's excited yes exactly yeah going across state lines art's excited so about this because art is i guess uh, i believe based out of nevada he's like oh you're coming into my state or around that area yeah. so yeah he's invited to come discuss some plant research and to see another hole what 
<laughs> there's a second hole. Okay, now there's this a second, second hole. hole. <laughs> there's a second hole. Get and this the one's fuck out of town. Public land, and he said it's uh, the area settled by. Wait a second, uh, hold on. It's a public hole. The glory of this hole, let me tell you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So second hole. The second hole was on public land settled by a bunch of Basque people in the region who had settled there. And the, okay. the Basque had, um, they were like sheep herders, shepherds, I okay. guess, more or less. They would yeah. herd and raise sheep and everything. So they knew of the hole. I believe some Native Americans knew of the hole. And now Mel was being brought in to, to learn of this hole. Oh. He says it displays similar characteristics to his hole the original hole however this one was surrounded by like a a metal collar he describes it as so so like i guess you know a raised up metal i don't know collar going around it and that actually went down into the hole pretty far so it seems like a a little bit more i guess manufactured okay a man-made hole maybe the the all the sound again, a mole, a man-made hole, mole, yeah. <laughs> All the sound, muffled, uh, so no echoey stuff uh, like the original hole. Mm-hmm. And he also described it as giving off a form of heat. So it wasn't hot, the metal part. But just like radiate, like radiate but, but heat? Yeah. People, he would say that like people would be able to like camp around it at, on cold nights and they'd be around the side of it. And it would give off enough heat to keep them warm. Interesting. This is when things start get uh, a little experimental. Uh, they decide to melt. This is when. <laughs> this they're, is they're gonna, when they're gonna, they're going to check out what this hole's about. So Mel and the okay. Basque are are hanging out, and they're like, "Let's lower some stuff." They decide to lower uh, a bucket filled with ice. They want to. Uh, their thought is, "Let's test the temperature." And the way that we're able to test it. This is, again, I mean, 2002, there's probably some easier to get instruments out there. But at, you know, it's still too expensive. Exactly. You're not easily getting a GoPro. It's not an app Yeah, right? Yeah. So they're like, let's get a bucket, fill it with some ice, put it down on the line. I think they had about 1,500 feet or so of line that they could lower down Mm -hmm. and then be able to bring back up they lowered it in and it came back up completely untouched so it was like remained like oh it looks like ice is in there the ice was warm he describes the ice as being hot ice warm hot ice the ice wait a second is this is this the is this the manufacturing plant of icy hot this is the story of Icy Hot. Icy Hot. And then, Our then, new then sponsor put, to Channel the Pod. Thank you, Channel. Uh, thanks, thanks, Icy Hot, for giving us all that sweet, sweet money. This, this is just an hour-long ruse. We got him. Do you think we got him, guys? I think we got him. And we now got you good. <laughs> Oh, that'd be fantastic. Oh, I wish I was that brilliant to, to pull something off like that. No, it's just normal, mystic, hot ice. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, my God. Oh. He, 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 he goes on to say that the ice didn't really melt. Maybe some of it would, but 
And instead, he had a hard time describing this, but he said in the simplest terms is that it caught on fire. The ice looked like it had like the lowest setting of like a simmer from the gas stove of fire almost coming off the ice and the ice would stay on fire from for months without weakening at all and just be giving off this warmth and what he didn't take any um or asked him if he takes any he's like no no i didn't take any i wouldn't you know i didn't feel right taking any i didn't feel right taking the mystical flaming ice this is i think yeah (laughs) someone else i believe did take some and and but uh mel's like no 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 then I think in the phone call, Art asks him about, you know, people are talking about being lowered in, the thoughts of lowering in. And he's like, well, we didn't want to lower in any person because, you know, what the hell happened to this ice? You know, what is what is a person made of? Yeah. Mostly water. That doesn't seem like a good idea. So he's like, I'm ashamed to say we did this, but we uh, we took a we took a sheep. And a uh, live sheep, and we, we we got a cage for it, and we decided that we're gonna lowering it. We're gonna the lower hole. the sheep into the hole, and he's like, uh, "I'm not, I'm really no, not proud about sheep. this part." Just like dogs, he's like, "the the sheep wasn't really happy about going in here." Like 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 many of my creepy pastas and stories before, you know, in Ted the Caver, we had a dog, th- uh, the option of throwing a dog into a hole. This one, they're gonna throw yeah. a sheep into a hole. <laughs> oh my god. The sheep was reluctant to go, so he's like, oh, but so we had to, like, knock it in the head to knock it out a little bit to get it into the cage so that we could lower it in. They bludgeoned a sheep, (laughs) shoved it into a fucking cage, and just lowered it into an icy hot magma reservoir. Whatever it is. Whatever. Well, empty. It's still presumably bottomless pit yes so they eventually the sheep starts rattling not being upset but once they get it directly over the hole it just goes silent it still moves around but you can't really hear anything they lower it in as far as it can go i believe he describes there was some sort of electrical feeling or like a hum or something happened and then there wasn't really anything going on they pull the the pull the the sheep back up and the the sheep's dead sheep didn't make it it uh, looked okay. fine. Everything seemed to be okay. Now, I don't know if you're ready for this. Now, the sheep... Oh, God damn it. Okay. Mel describes this. He was a little bit farther back and just kind of like a staying away, but he, he noticed everything looked fine. And there was uh, one of the Basque people there decided that, you know, we're going to cut the sheep open instead and see what's going on. Anything weird going on inside. So they, he starts to cut open. Mel's like, I kind of stayed away from that because that's, uh, it's like, I wasn't like completely grossed out, but I wasn't like ready to like stick my head into it and look at it. Yeah. They, they, they open it and he describes that it is like all of the meat the inside was cooked. It was like burnt up and like cooked. And they go on to keep looking around in there. And the hole inside the body cavity is what they describe as a tumor. Like a big, weird, what? massive tumor in there. And the tumor, he keeps, you know, the, 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 the art's building it up, like, you know, asking the right questions. Mel's getting into it and, and, and then describes that the tumor is almost like moving a little bit. Oh, good. <laughs> and then, and then, so they, I, I don't know if they 
if the tumor breaks open or if they, they cut open the tumor. And this is what comes out, what is only described as, I mean, they go into oh, it a little God. bit, a baby seal-like fetus that had human-like eyes. Detect, we could see that the tumor had some movement to it. What? Yes, it had movement to it, and I, I don't, I'm going to describe it like a heart beating. Oh. There's not a beating of a heart. Oh. Just like a pulsing from this tumor. A pulsing tumor. Oh, okay. my God, Mel. So we, we get to the point where... We got this tumor out there, and uh, you know, we got, he's working on on trying to cut it open. It's like really a tough uh, uh, thing to cut into, but he was finally able to get into it. Yeah. And uh, boy, I'm going to tell you here, he opens it up there, and inside this tumor is what appeared to be a fetal seal. Like, you know, like... A fetal what? seal, like a a, 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 a pinniped, a, a, a thing that lives in the ocean that yes. balances balls on his nose. Yes. It's about 18 inches long. You know, it's got the flippers on it. And it looks like a little seal. Oh, you know, it looks God. just like your, your, basically your little seal. Except it had what... And, and I, I don't know, I don't want people to freak out, but it had what looked to me like human eyes. Uh, like, like you know, a human being. You know, yeah. I mean, you know what like cat eyes look like. Oh yeah. You know what dog eyes look like. Oh yeah. I don't know what seal eyes look like, but I know what human eyes look like. Sure you do. And this thing looks like it had human eyes, and the thing was alive, but it was connected to the tumor, like with this umbilical cord. Holy mackerel, Mel! And we could see the seal moving his eyes, and it was. And I'm calling it a seal, okay, but I have no idea what the heck this thing is, okay? I'm calling it a seal. But it's it's opening its eyes, it's closing it, the flippers are moving, it's still in connected to its tumor there. Uh. And then we noticed, and I noticed, that it seemed to be studying us. It seemed to be looking at us. That, that was the feeling I got. It seemed to be regarding us while, while we were looking at it. And so that's the feeling... I got off of the seal. And then this thing separated from the tumor without our assistance. We were thought, well, maybe we will cut this thing free. Right there on the table. It did it right there, and it moved about a little on the table. Yeah. You know, so we're, we're, we're all standing back at that point because this thing is loose, you know. I'll be way back. And, uh, and you know. What? Now I'm gonna play a the baby, definitely you'll hear that clip of, of the description of it. But yes, it's a uh, it uh, they describe it as and he goes on to call it uh, a a seal, but with like human eyes. And he's like it 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 comes out oh of the God. tumor and it's on a table and it starts moving it's around on the a table. Seal, it's seal. <laughs> it's seal. It it looks like seal the singer, the musician. Kiss from the rose from with the hum- hole. little baby eyes. So it's so so that Mel's like we think this thing is intelligent because it it, it gets out and then it just starts looking at us and kind of looking at us and and just really thinking about things and he describes it also as covered in this sort of goo that smelled like ozone and okay yeah so there's a whole story of 
Mel felt compelled at this point to go over to the table and see the creature. Uh, I think he does call it a creature at this point. And he picks it up from the table and puts it onto the ground. He just felt compelled to do that. And then I think he says for about two hours or so, him and the other people stand at a safe distance, not too safe, away from the thing. Mm -hmm. And as it just kind of like looks at them and they just look at it and this wonderment (laughs) of what is happening. That it, I guess, crawls towards the hole and then crawls into the hole and then disappears. It just goes into the hole. Yeah. Whoa, oh my God. What? Okay. So, so remember okay. this guy calling so just, in <laughs> about the honest property. We've now, oh my God. So it, the, the sheep comes back like a living dumpling, it is completely cooked on the outside. And then, oh, no, no, outside, outside actually, uh, more like. Reverse, uh, like like hot pocket. burrito. It's reverse, super cold. Reverse, it's super cold. Reverse hot pocket. Yeah, super okay. uh, yeah. cold and normal on the outside. On the inside, super cooked up. Hot magma. Yeah. So, or like a hot uh, pocket. I don't know how hot pockets or, work. No, <laughs> Sometimes the time, they're cold. They're either like way too hot or they're way too cold. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Man? Am I um, right? Uh, fuck, man. Um, so now we're dealing with chuds. Where there's more chuds now. Ozone chuds. It smells well, we like don't know ozone. If they're cannibalis- we don't know if they're cannibalistic or humanoid. Oh, I, 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 it's definitely not humanoid. It's more seal-like. It's all in the eyes. Yeah. 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 So that thing goes away. What the fuck? And then Mel uh, reveals that before going to Nevada, <laughs> that he actually had terminal cancer. And once he came back from this trip and his encounter with this creature, it was gone and he was cured. So he believes that his encounter with this creature uh, cures, uh, cured him of this cancer. And at the what? end of this trip, a Basque elder kind of gave him a story uh, about being near the hole and finding a uh, Chinese money envelope and gave to Mel a 1943 Roosevelt dime, just like the one he used to have. That, yeah, this Basque elder had, I guess, fallen over, found and gave to him and that's how we end our fourth call with mel waters (laughs) of course of course he'd get a dime bag it's all coming back man it's all coming back (laughs) yeah he's just oh my god okay so this is our fifth call same year so not as much time goes by but it's at the end of the year so our fourth call is in uh january this is in december 20th of 2002 Okay. This is a note that I made. So this is our last, uh, I- spoiler, this is our last call from Mel. On this call, you heard how Mel was, I would say almost, not necessarily laid back, but very kind of just chiller, mellow, yeah. kind of talking, almost frank. This call, he's kind of eccentric. He's ta- very fast talking. Not, not Well, not fancy eccentric, just like kind of like. fancy eccentric, yeah. <laughs> uh, quick frantic almost at points i would say and just like really quick to explain a lot of stuff and it was it was just very different and i was something i noticed listening six hours straight of this well not necessarily yeah. straight, but all throughout the day so he kind of the the big things that they get out of this call and that he talks about is that the metal collar around that second hole mm-hmm. he's like you can't see that from a distance 
if you're far enough away, you don't see anything. And then once you get close enough, you can finally see that metal. And he also explains that this is uh, the dime that he received. Uh, kind of, I guess, shares this trait and the fact that he tried to take a picture, he says, and scan it to get an yeah. image of this dime that apparently, you know, doesn't ever, hasn't existed and can't. And he goes on to say that if you walk about 15 feet away from the dime and try to look at it, you can't see it. He says he has it saved in a plastic case. He's like, you can see the plastic case and you just see right through it. But then if you walk closer, it just kind of materializes in front of you. Weird. He goes on to tell a story of what we'll call our fire ice uh, from the hole that they sent down. One Mm. of the Basque people took it back to one of their cabins and to use it as like a heat source underneath, I believe, the yeah. stove. And he says the story that he was told is that the cabin and around the area started becoming like really dried out. And the stove had actually at one point started to sink and sank into the floor and sank below the cabin. And then he set up like this pipe work. He just kind of left it there and set this pipe work to allow the heat to keep coming in. But he kept like his skin was drying out. It was getting really, really dry in the cabin. And Weird. after a what? certain amount of time, I guess the guy left and came back and the cabin had completely dried out and been destroyed. And underneath it had sunk this, the fire ice kind of what? about five feet into the ground at this point. So how does, what does a dried out house look like? Is it just like, dust is it yes, basically I just think that's what they, ex- mummy dust? Yeah. they described it as being dust different colors of dust you could tell from like which walls from their colors there's the colors of dust around and then oh there was this about five foot hole into the ground where the fire ice was with this like stove pot like this big steel um how the how the fuck are you going to explain that to a claims adjuster? <laughs> I don't think there's insurance claims going out on this one. Well, <laughs> oh, so you have a flaming ice cube in the center of this dust puddle that used to be your house. Okay, fantastic. Okay, we'll get right on top of that one. Okay, yeah. cut them loose. Cut them loose. Mel then goes on to explain, he's like, I, I hadn't done this before, but I got in contact with one of my, uh, an official out in Australia that he had uh, contacts with and told him about this. And I'm yeah. a little bit muddy on, I guess, how this went down. Because then he describes that, I guess, the owner of the cabin or someone else noticed around the property, some sort of official government team move in with all these like cranes and big equipment trying to pull our our fire ice out of this this hole and i guess their cranes kept breaking and then they they couldn't they couldn't pull it out um it eventually did they, create another hole they put a <laughs> that's what it seemed to be doing right but what they did is they put like a bunch of chains around it and then they poured a bunch of water into it for whatever reason and for that combination of things allowed them to finally be able to take a crane and pull it out. And then I guess they put it on a truck and it got driven away somewhere. Uh, Mel seems to think that this combination of things, water with the fire ice fused the steel to something together that allowed them actually to pull it all out. What? Then he goes on to say that the Basque, he's been talking with them. They've actually been visited a number of times now by the our little creature from the uh, the hole. 
our, our, our baby seal has decided to come back and actually actually talks to them. Oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Does he float to the thing? Is there a rope system that happens? Did they, is that, did they build a stairwell? I don't to this know bottom? how exactly. Yeah. The, 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 the creature can move. do it. It's a fucking weird creature. I guess at one point, Mel does mention that a man had called into uh, the coast to coast show earlier in the week, or at some point people had been calling in and, even when Mel's not on talking about and theorizing and yeah. and stuff, uh, a guy going by the name of red elk theorized that the creatures were what were called rock flyers, which uh, come from native American lore, apparently of these creatures okay. that live inside the earth. And I believe are trans dimensional too. Oh, of because course. at this point, I, I mean, there's, there's so many like little theories that I haven't brought up. People have called in talking about like uh, an empty earth, theory like there's you know nothing inside uh, the earth yeah that's what he's going inside of uh or that like inside of there is leading to different um alternate realities and that's why he's finding like a weird coin that shouldn't exist maybe it existed in a different reality and that's why he's getting it or this weird gun like all this kind of stuff so what you're saying is that these holes are the golden corral of multiverses maybe <laughs> <laughs> some like yeah the, okay. the, the key to getting into some weird ass multiverse yeah so the Basque claim they communicate through the creature through their boom boxes. <laughs> oh, so apparently one night they had their boom boxes out and the creature came out and was able to talk through them. And one of the Basque was uh, uh, smart enough. Ooh, like the creepy ass thing from Malignant. Yeah, right. That'd be fun. I don't know. I've never seen Malignant. Still haven't seen it. I've listened oh, to our yeah. podcast on it, though. <laughs> <laughs> They say that they tried to record uh, the talk and it only came out whenever the creature is apparently talked as like weird bleeps and bloops. So there was nothing really there. Mm-hmm. But the creature, I guess, goes on to. Well, <laughs> before that, Mel goes on to think he mentions uh, the book by Kurt Vonnegut, Cat's Cradle. I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with that. There's a substance in there called Ice Nine that the government creates, which is to, I believe, they, as he says, like fight mud because that's the biggest enemy where it will like evaporate the water in the mud to make it hard. Mm-hmm. So, but the problem is that it is that it spreads. And so he was kind of comparing this weird ice stuff as to something like that that's why like it was like the cabin all the moisture and everything got pulled out of the wood cabin and that's why it crumbled to nothing and uh the creature i guess so that's something that he brings up and then he starts talking about again the creature and what the creature said to the basque and it was that the creature claims that it can actually travel between different worlds and different uh, dimensions Uh and that the Basque and Mel are not the first people to actually discover the ice. But they also say that we are doomed to use the ice in an improper way and destroy the planet because we are greedy and undisciplined. And then he goes on to say that other beings on similar planets to ours are waiting for our destruction to move in and take advantage of the ice. And this of the ice is the last call Mel Waters ever made into the show. Of course it is. Are you and kidding? And the last anyone has any heard anything from him. He he gave out an email address um, 
two times in the podcast. One was uh, Melwaters at home.com. I tried emailing that. That came back as not working. The other okay. one he gave out was Melwaters at I can't remember something.com. I emailed that. I did not get a return to sender. So we'll see. <laughs> Mel Waters oh. would probably be about 90 something if his age really matched up with what it was claimed like, with this was everything. That's so wild, dude. That's so wild. Like you th- like that that was a that was a fucking tear Duncan of fucking was, conspiracy shit. Like that was Uh-huh. Wow. I was like this is going to be a fun story about a hole. Hey, this guy has an endless hole. They throw a bunch of junk into it and then it just turned into well, there's this actually this weird seal fetus creature that comes out and talks to us and it's interdimensional and we found the secret ice that most civilizations can't handle and there's aliens waiting for us to be destroyed by it so they can get their hands on it and we go we went from we (laughs) jesus christ we went from there's a hole what's in the hole the hole cured aids then the government took my hole. I got paid for my hole. The hole paid to save wombats. I lost all of my sanity, my money, and my wife to the hole. Then I'm going to go back to another hole. That hole had a seal monster coming out of a deep-fried sheep that predicted that the ice we put into it we put ice. In, oh, sorry. We put ice into it. The ice came out flaming that we kept, and then it told us that we made something that other planets want to use, mm-hmm. but we're going to use it and fuck up the whole planet, and then aliens are going to come in and then mm-hmm. steal our flame ice yes. instead of just asking us nicely mm-hmm. or possibly just mm-hmm. going to an ice vending machine and doing it themselves. Yeah, yeah. That's what's going to happen. That's where it Oh went. my god. I was so wrong. I was so wrong about all my life predictions. As uh as Mel Waters like to say, he found a hole, but he's the one that really got shafted. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a wild story to go on this trip, and I, this was probably one of the most fun ones that I had researching. I highly suggest to check out if you have time to kill and just want to listen to these podcasts, there, there is a, maybe I could post a link to it, to it or something. Uh, yeah. Hit me up on Slash or whatever. There's a podcast that has essentially the, the old recordings of this and a whole bunch of other uh, episodes of Coast to Coast uh, AM as a podcast there's like an official one there's the show's still going on unfortunately art bell passed away in 2018 but there's a new host doing things he stopped actually doing it in about late 2000s i think okay went on to do a few other things he did like a serious xm show for uh like six weeks or so and then Mm -hmm. kind of stopped after that point so new stuff still happening. It still exists. Exists. I believe it's still in syndication in places. You can still listen into it. But yeah, it's a real fascinating, interesting, fun journey uh, into just this this wild, so madness, wild. wild madness. So there it is, Mel's hole. Let me know. Have you heard it? A special shout out to our slasher fam that let me know about this. We're gonna go ahead take a quick break. We're gonna do a real quick would you rather, and then then uh, we'll finish us all off. 
And we're back. Thank you so much to our kind listener or sponsor for those lovely words of encouragement. So we're going to just get right into it. We're going to do some. We got two probably quick questions and then we're going to get out of your hair. Go, go see, make sure our buddy's doing okay with his Home Depot child. And, you know, yes. let you all think about, you know, contemplate, you know, endless holes and, you know, do they exist? I will say nobody has follow up. Nobody's found the hole. Uh, people oh. have gone on expeditions trying to find it. In case anyone's really wondering, it hasn't been confirmed to be found or anything like that. I wonder with uh, Google Maps if you can actually see his place now. It's not like I've been down. looking around on Google Earth. I, I did some digging. <laughs> I knew you a would. lot of I a knew lot you of would. people have too, and nobody's found any definitive uh, kind of answers to it. So I got I got two. I got one that I found on Reddit, which is just a goofy one. We'll do real quick, and then I got uh, another one that, that's serious. It's not, it's not at all. Uh, would you rather have $5,000, uh, $500,000 right now or $10 million for murdering R. Kelly? <laughs> uh, the, um, oh, man. Uh, there's so many open-ended questions with the murdering R. Kelly. Yeah, um, I'm just going to go ahead and to, murder R. Kelly. Do I have to Kelly. plan it? Yeah, I was going to say, eh. do I have to plan Am I getting it caught? Is it just like once I get out of jail or is well, it like, it, well, uh, here's the thing. I, I think of this way. It, yes, it would still be illegal to murder R. Kelly. So, but you could use, let's say you get your 10 million, you're, you're, you're contractually obligated to murder R. Kelly, but you do get, I don't know, 20% of your 10 million, 2 million beforehand so that you can plan it properly, get your escape set up. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. You, you got to cool. get everything set up so that maybe you can get out right. I'm, I'm murdering yeah. okay. R. R. Kelly. And, I was going to say R. Kelly. and Yeah. 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 yeah out. Uh, not many people voting on this one, I don't think. Only 279 votes. But the majority of people are just going to. Well, it, it's kind of uh, not split too bad. 184 are just taking the 500,000 and 106 are murdering R. Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. This week, murdering R. Kelly. <laughs> I'd tune in. All right, Ross, do you got one for us? Yeah. Okay. Um, I just I just bashed my face against the keyboard and found this one. Um, would you rather have a homeless clown sneeze in your face or poop in your bed? Oh. Oh. That's disgusting. You're disgusting, Ross. You you bring all I'm the gross t- ones. <laughs> I do. I do. I, um, I mean, I think I, oh, the bare face, I would assume. Sneezing in your bare face. Yeah, is a, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to go with pooping in the bed because I could just get a whole That's my choice. bed. Yeah. Because cause specifically, <laughs> a, a homeless clown sneezing on you actually gets on you. I mean, I'm not spooning this right. homeless clown that's in well, my bed. Yeah. I'm just assuming <laughs> that I'm next to this homeless cloud and he just happened to shit himself. So like, oh, you're thinking very... you're even next to him. I'm just thinking I come home to it. Oh, like, I mean, a cloud either way, either, home, yeah, either way, you bed. don't have to deal with the poop. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I, you can, you have to, yeah. You, I mean, I guess you definitely have to pay extra for spooning, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you could even like hire someone to come in and, and handle that. And get rid of it, yeah. right? Like you don't even have to. I, yeah. As opposed to just having that sneeze right in your face, it's disgusting. I feel like I would have to like get a whole new bed. I would get a whole house if I a if whole new the house? idea. 
Yes, because the homeless clown would probably come back. I mean, if it yeah, had the he was opportunity able to, get to do it once, it'll yeah. do it again. He's going <laughs> to do it very, again. He's, that's very true. Guess what? That's very true. He's not going to be a homeless clown much longer. Oh, jeez. All right. Okay, so then we got the, the choice on that. Here's our final one. Uh, would you rather have to go into the cave from Ted's story ted's little cave or oh, uh okay. have to like i don't know be lowered down a little bit into uh mel's hole oh man um okay yeah i'm gonna have to go we're i'm gonna go with ted the cavers cave okay because for the sole reason is that obviously it compels you to go back to the hole right like to the cave i would probably just have to get so far away from its like hold that i might be able to survive like there's a slim possibility of survival with ted okay. the caver like if you only have to go into it the first time like the first time usually isn't but it depends how deep you have to go hmm. yeah it's yeah and then i'm thinking because like, i mean if i'm getting lowered like indiana jones and the temple of doom into the seal making hole yeah, um, right. i'm dead i'm gonna be yeah exactly i'm gonna be i'm gonna be hot pocketed yeah, it's then, just going to be like an alien, a baby seal fetus thing is going to pop out of your chest. Yeah. Maybe, your... Who, who knows? It might be a wombat. It might be. It uh, might be. He did save wombats. I mean. <laughs> yeah, it could be. It could be a special herb. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, yeah, I think I. that's pretty good reasoning to not want to go into the hole. Because I, I mean, shy of seal, I don't think anything survives getting put in the hole. So. All right. Yeah. If, if if we only have to go into Ted's cave one time and go, I'd say, let's say you have to go into the point where you're in that cavern with all the weird shit and the, the little, uh, you don't, you yeah, don't have yeah. to go into that hole where the rock moves. But if anyone's wondering about Ted's uh, cave, we do have a very early episode of the podcast talking about that. It's a really interesting Ted story. Ted the caver. I'm going to go with you there, though, because I think, like you said, maybe we can get a, a far enough away from its hold. It seems like these holes are popping up everywhere, so I don't want any part Everywhere. It looks like the fucking country Swiss cheese at this point. Like, that's that's too many holes. There's too many holes here. If you have a hole near you, let us know. <laughs> Send us pictures of your hole. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's not going to backfire. <laughs> that's that's not going to be a bad idea at all. That's not going to be a terrible idea. But but truly, do send us uh, send me more information about any kind of local urban legends. I love covering that type of shit on yes. there. And send us any other recommendations that you have. Movies, television, uh, weird history, gnarly history. We'd love to hear it. And how would you do that? You could go ahead and directly do that to Ross at Chuddle the Ross on Instagram or Slasher. You can go ahead yeah. and hit up our boy that isn't here at Chuddle the Sam on Instagram and Slasher. Or you could come over to me at Chuddle the Brian with uh, why? Because why the fuck? not at instagram and slasher and uh all of us the collective chuddleness and hive mind that it is at chuddle the pod on instagram hey and slasher too that's where we're really yeah. active that's where we'll get back at you for sure i say we end this night by saying huge congratulations to our missing yes. person he isn't here for a pretty good reason. You got to go to Home Depot and you got to get them babies. So get congrats, baby. <laughs> Sam. I hope you name the child. I hope you got to keep it. I hope you get to name it. Name it Mel's Hole. Why not? In honor of the episode. That'll be the child's yes. name. Mel's Hole. Mel's Hole. <laughs> Mel's, Mel's Hole. Mel's Hole. Mel's Hole. Mel's Hole. Oh, hello. Mel's Hole. Mel's Hole. Sounds like a good <laughs> idea to me. There you have it. It is official. And, uh, 
uh, th thanks everyone. I'm rambling at this point. Thanks yeah. everyone. Uh, you know, you know the deal. Until next time, we'll be waiting. to get out uh ju just 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 that they are looking at our conditions and they are saying hey the, the world that that is the earth that we know is on a collision course to disaster and a lot of them think this is good that then when we're gone they can come here and they think they're smart enough to use the ice that's here that's 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 the word i'm getting okay i'm not a prophet i'm not anything just i'm just was reporting. the implication in that that the ice was rare even to them uh, the, the, the ice is rare, but it is—it is, it is it, when it's discovered, it's almost always improperly used.